0: Hey everybody, it's Aaron with your globally ball and global sports news. First, going over some scores that you are well aware of by now. Bucks close out the series against the Celtics with a score of 116 to 91, and the Warriors take a three to two lead over the Rockets with a final score of 104 to 99. Looking at a couple of those odds that were set before the game, Golden State was a six-point favorite and just missed it by only winning by five. Uh, and there was a couple of close ones in here. You'll see in just a second. The over/under was not close. This one was set at 219 and a half. They missed it by 16 and a half with a total score of 203 curry was set for three and a half three pointers and just missed it by getting three um, he just missed his total point over under as well he was set at 25 and a half and he ended with 25 so he missed that by a half a point durant hit his turnover number he was set at three and a half uh, turnovers he ended with five so he hit that and he uh, missed his point total by 10 and a half he was set at 32 and a half This coming off his really high scoring games and he he left the game there with 22 points um, you'll notice that even though they won um, some of these leading scorers still only walked out way with 25 and 22 points no 40 point game for anybody but it was well split up between different players clay Thompson was actually the leading scorer of that game with 27 moving on um, the Sixers closed off their game against the Raptors with a final score of 112 to 101 to si- tie the series at uh, three games apiece before that game Toronto was a one-point favorite um, so that was a miss by by 12 points Um, and it was a total over under of 213. I told you to watch that if it was anywhere near 214 and look at that, it was exactly 213. So that would have been a push if you got it right at 213, but it was right where I told you to watch, anywhere near 214, jump on it, or really um, think about it, and it, it was, it was right at 213. So it would have pushed, or you would have hit, or maybe missed, depending on what number you got it at. It would have been really, really close, because it was hovering around that 213. Uh, currently, now, as I watch and record this, the nuggets are up um, 10 to five. So game just started, uh, 8.30 left in the first quarter, um, but Nuggets are up 10.5 for what it's worth. They currently lead 3-2 in the series. Walking into that game, Portland was a 3.5 point favorite, so we'll we'll see how that, most likely because of the home court advantage um, and, and the extra points that that garnishes with it. Uh, the over-under for that was set at at 2.15. Moving on, set for Friday at 9 p.m. or 9 a.m. Saturday for the Philippines, the Rockets are home against the Warriors in a series that is currently 3-2 for the Warriors. Um, This game, this series has gone back and forth depending on who's home and who's away. So since now game six is in Houston, the Rockets are a six-point favorite. The over-under is set at um, 2.11.5. And finally, for the PBA um, game, the tip-off is at 7 p.m. Friday for the Philippines or 7 a.m. Uh, in the U.S. Um, San Miguel faces Magnolia Hotshots. Beerman are currently a 6.5 point favorite. The over-under is set at 190.5. Like I said in the last show, I think this is low. I said watch to see if it's anywhere near 195, but I still think that would be too low. This is under that. This is set at 190.5. I think this is too wrong. I think this is too low. I may be wrong um but this is a number i would definitely like i think it's too low i would take that over especially because you you get a series it's heating up it's it's tied so i would expect a very high scoring game and now for the headlines real quick sbp unveils their new logo for the Gilas filipinas team this new logo seems to represent the rising momentum uh, that they have um, as they're starting to move forward here uh, next as the commissioner cup comes closer brownlee is back in our spotlight and in light of this, keep an eye out for their special collectible jerseys that Hinabra is launching 40th year, the PBA. And finally, here's an interesting stat. Uh, you decide if this means anything or not. I'm not exactly sure. I'd like to hear what you think. The Beermen are 5-0 in games that are directly following Mar being awarded Best Player. So, they're already favored uh, for this game anyway, um, but with a win, that would bring that streak up to 6 games and no losses. And that's pretty significant, even though it's hard to believe that that award is the sole reason why a team would be 6-0 or 5-0 directly following but as it is it's a very interesting number to keep an eye on so for what it's worth we'll see if that streak continues um, following the game on Friday. I'm Aaron with your Globally Ball and Global Sports News. Thanks.
1: Thank you very much once again, Aaron Aronson from Globally Ballin for the news and odds for today. So let's continue with the podcast and let's start with this. Well, Philippine basketball is on the upswing lately. Um, we've been representing a lot of tournaments. We uh, we, we have been able to send uh, participants and teams even in 3x3 basketball and uh, our men's team, the senior one, will be going to uh, the World Cup and uh, the younger ones, the under 19, will also participate in the World Cup of um, their own. So uh, Philippine basketball is in an upswing uh, as of late and it's good that uh, as uh, that trend continues that um, the Samahang Basketball ng Pilipinas had a rebranding and uh first of all they changed the logo and uh the new logo looks fantastic by the way there's a lot of layers into it and uh, the philippine flag is well represented um, within the logo so it, it captured the essence of the nation of course the flag and of course there's a basketball in there and the eagle which uh, represents um the nation as um it's a um, national animal that's why uh we have the moniker gilas because uh it's somehow um, a throwback or uh, somehow a uh, connection with uh, the Philippine Eagle or the Aguila. So there's that. And uh, aside from uh, the great looking logo, which um, we could really be proud of. Um, no offense to the old logo, but um, it uh, looks like um, it was done hurriedly uh, just so to have a logo. Nothing against it. Um, it's still part of uh, basketball history. But uh, these, uh, this new logo is uh, way, way better than the old one. And aside from um, making good of that logo, um, the SVP also had some restructuring, which is nice because um, each facet of basketball will be, um, uh, there will be a point person rather. So someone will be able to focus on each facet of basketball, which is nice because uh, there is a division of uh, responsibility. And more bases will be covered, uh, given that there will be more pillars that uh, will be addressed uh, in order to elevate the level of basketball in the country. So still, uh, Yang Yao would be in charge of the men's squad. uh, And he will be the one coaching the team going into the FIBA World Cup in China. And uh, over to the women's side, the Perilous Filipinas, it will be uh, Patrick Aquino, who has led... uh, the NU Lady Bulldogs to an undefeated ra- run for about 4 or 5 years now and uh, most of the players who have gone through Perlas are part of um, NU before and also the youth uh, team will be handled by uh, Tab Baldwin, he will be uh, the overseer sort of like uh, the main project manager uh, for the youth which is uh, a great hire and a great naming and uh, we'll delve into that uh, even more later And uh, Ronnie Magsainok, 3x3 basketball So uh, he has been part of the SBP Especially with 3x3 Starting during uh, the FIBA 3x3 World Cup And he was the coach of uh, the team With uh, Stan Hardinger and Pogoy And uh, uh, Stanley Pringle There you go And there are also two new interesting uh, pillars That is delegated to development of the non-players which is the SBP Academy for Coaches, which will be held by Jong Oy Chico, which is, again, uh, an ideal person for the role because uh, he has been a mentor to a lot of coaches and a lot of um, young mentors uh, in the Philippines. And last but not the least, uh, SVP Academy for Table Officials would be handled by Rebu Sagisag, the executive director of the UAAP. So, aside from having a new logo, uh, at least now that... Um, SBP is uh, giving towards um, the next phase of uh, Philippine basketball wherein we constantly compete and uh, do better in uh, international competitions in Asia and abroad. It's good that um, they have um, restructured uh, the, the organization very well, that all bases is covered and that um, there will be uh, someone responsible in developing each facet of the game. And with that, um, we can only see Philippine basketball improving from here, hopefully. Uh, more players uh, being developed, uh, more players being able to represent the country in various competitions. And more importantly, that we can raise our heads and our flags uh, up high when we go, to, uh, when we go overseas and uh, fight for the nation and fight for our flag. So Gilas Filipinas is already tuning up for uh, the FIBA World Cup that will happen in August of this year uh, in China. And um, they have now planned their uh, tune-ups leading into the main competition. And as we all know that uh, we will be uh, grouped in uh, one of the pools with uh, Serbia, Italy, and Angola. So uh, those are no pushovers. So um, our, our boys will uh, definitely have... a. Uh, a challenge and a fight in front of them in uh, each of those games so the Gila's uh, think tank uh, with uh, coach Yang Gao and of course SBP president Alpan Lilio uh, has revealed that uh, the the team will uh, have tune-ups with uh, a team in Spain and then after that uh, they would fly back to Manila And then go to Russia for another series of tune-ups with the teams there. And then from Russia, they would go to China because uh, the location of the World Cup is uh, closer to uh, Russia. And uh, it would be more cost-efficient rather than they fly back to the Philippines and then get back to China again. So that would be uh, the roadmap uh, leading into the World uh, Cup for uh, Team Gilas Filipinas, and uh, I guess that um, trip from Russia to China is great because it reduces travel time so uh, it, they, could, they would have more time to rest and uh, of course acclimatize with uh, Chinese weather and uh, climate uh, because uh, it might be different from uh, what we have been accustomed to here in the country it might be a bit colder there so it would be nice to be able to adjust a bit to uh, the, the temperature there Also, um, playing against Spain and playing against uh, Russia, uh, I think they are also um, good choices because uh, they somehow mirror um, the teams that um, we'll be facing in the World Cup itself, Serbia and Italy. Uh, Usually and uh, typically, uh, European squads have big men who can shoot and are mobile. And at least when... Our team, Gilas, will play Spain and will play uh, the Russians. They would be um, adjusted and uh, they would uh, be able to uh, work their game against um, teams that uh, are similarly playing like the Serbians and the Italians. That uh, they would know uh, how to rotate when someone is open from the perimeter and uh, how uh, they would uh, defend someone who is trying to barge in because uh, Gilas will have uh, the height disadvantage in all three matches. So with these tune-up games, uh, we get to adjust with uh, teams that have shooters. um, Pretty much the entire team can shoot. And then we get used to the height advantage and find ways to beat that. Uh, tune up in Spain also uh, would help us assess uh, adjustments to be made in the rotation. Also, uh, the tune-ups uh, in Russia can also uh, help us uh, do just that. But uh, I believe that there's still a bit of a difference between Spanish basketball and Russian. Uh, Russian players tend to still play from the inside out, so they would still uh, want to Uh, impose themselves uh, in the paint more often Uh, instead uh, on the other hand rather um, the spanish uh, players in basketball uh, can space out the floor as proven with the likes of the gasol brothers and uh, as proven by the likes of uh, jorge garbajosa before Uh, they are big men yes they can rebound they can bang inside but um, they can also knock uh, uh, intermediate to long-range jumpers so hoping that this plan goes well the tune-ups with uh, Russia and Spain hoping that it all turn out fine um, no um, delays in uh, the travels and the flights and everything will run smoothly and ultimately um, without a doubt uh, these will all uh, help uh, Gila's uh, be uh, more confident Uh, more assured of themselves and more importantly uh, be more equipped with uh, the battle that will uh, go on uh, come the world cup in august Uh, let's hope and pray that they'll do good Uh, we are one nation supporting the team and um, we are hoping that uh, they can pull off victories and get past uh, the pool stage and then from there um, let's see what happens. Let's see uh, if the magic continues or if not, let's still be proud of this uh, Gila squad just for making it in the World Cup. You're still tuned in to the Limahan Basketball Podcast with me, Lance Fernandez. One of the better uh, hirings, should I say, or appointments that uh, the SBP SBP recently had uh, in its uh, restructuring, and I'm very happy with this, is uh, Tab Baldwin uh, being uh, put in charge of the Gillis Youth uh, program. And as we all know, and as he has proven, that he can develop a program and hone talent at the same time as uh, what he has uh, shown to... um, the Ateneo men's basketball program. That he um, even brought uh, a competitive uh, Ateneo squad in an international competition. That um, we were able to shock um, the national teams of other countries, uh, especially Korea. And that shows um, the uh, plan that he has, and uh, that shows uh, the attention, the det- detail that he puts uh, in his game plan and and in his uh, long-term goals. So it would be nice to have him uh, in charge of the Gilas youth. And uh, of course, uh, he has also shared before that grassroots uh, is his passion. Uh, He has done uh, coaching uh, the top tier of Gilas, and now he would like to contribute developing the grassroots program of uh, basketball in the country. And uh, that would be great because, uh, now we can combine, um, development with, uh, a long-term solution that, uh, Baldwin and the other members of the Gilas youth can come up with. And, uh, it's very fortunate as well that, uh, the, the coach of, uh, the Gilas, uh, under 19 would be, uh, his deputy, Sandy Ares-Facochaga. So at least there is synergy there already. And, um there would be um, no adjustments needed and uh, they know what it takes already to um, make this work and uh, make this sustainable for the long term so he should work closely i believe with the nbtc uh, with the coach eric Altamirano. they should work hand in hand in terms of um, finding new talent developing and um Honing them for international competition Uh, We do have a surplus of talent There's a lot of basketball players who are great Not just in NCR But throughout the Philippines And even the Phil Amps uh, In uh, other parts of uh, The the globe the Phil foreigners So we can still bring them in and uh, Develop them And uh, it's nice also that uh, Coach Baldwin Is accustomed to a western style of play, the European style of basketball wherein it's pre- premedicated on ball movement, player movement, more of motion offense, offense type of system and it would be good that it we could inculcate that already to young talent so that when they grow older uh, they will be accu- more accustomed to it and that um, once uh, these young players uh, get to play with each other again uh, in the senior team, uh, be it like 10 years from now, that they still have that um, Western-style, European-style of basketball innate in them, that um, adjustments wouldn't be as hard because they've all been taught the same approach and the same way to play basketball. So uh, those are uh, the positives of this hiring of uh, Coach Tab Baldwin for the Gaelas Youth, and just imagine if our our youth teams will be uh, accustomed to the international style of play Um, in that case we can negate um, height deficiency as always uh, especially when we go up taller teams uh, from Europe and uh, from the Americas and uh, we could move the ball better we could um, fool the defense uh, even better and uh, use our speed to uh, leave our defenders behind with uh, ball movement and of course Uh, our quickness and our agility so this uh, Tab Baldwin I hope um, this Tab Baldwin and Gila's youth I hope it works Um, I hope that uh, we throw in support to him Um, regardless if you're an Ateneo fan or not uh, he does have a plan he has he has shown it for years uh, honing that uh, program in uh, the blue side of Katipunan And um, it would be uh, exciting and interesting to see how the youth program will turn out uh, now that uh, he's in the helm. Uh, It might uh, embrace a more Western-style approach when it comes to basketball. Um, Coach Aras Pakuchaga already knows about that. And uh, that would uh, make us uh, more equipped And that uh, would make us more adept in uh, competing uh, in international competitions because um, that's how most of the teams play. Uh, Rarely do you see teams uh, playing dribble drive or dribble penetration. It's mostly about uh, movement of the basketball uh, playing as one. And we hope that... um, The players, the young ones, and the coaches that will be under Baldwin will buy into the system because it will be good for the long-term growth of Philippine basketball. It will be good for um, the long-term growth of our young stars. And more importantly, it could open up more um, opportunities for Filipino players to uh, get roster spots overseas, not just in the ABL, but in other competitions like in Europe and most especially the National Basketball Association. But days ago, Junmar Fajardo received his 6th uh, Best Player of the Conference award. And with the uh, 5 uh, Most Valuable Player awards also under his belt. That begs the question, is he now the greatest PBA player of all time? And just thinking about it, that's a pretty loaded question. Because the game, uh, Philippine Basketball, PBA, has gone through a lot of uh, changes Uh over the decades over the years Uh, best example would be uh, before there was an illegal defense and now there's none so that's um, an advantage um, to players before because uh, if you commit to a double team you have to commit to it 100 percent there's no halfway whereas now um, there's a zone defense that uh, players or teams can use so one player is always left behind as safety, as assurance, if ever um, Junmar um, escapes from uh, his defender. But I believe that if you dissect it uh, even deeper, that if you really um, look at the nitty-gritty of this question, is he the best player of all time, Uh, it's... uh, one one way you can look at it is that yes in terms of uh, dominance he is he is uh, the best player of all time because uh no one has come close to his reign of dominance so far he has won uh five MVPs, and uh, there's no indication that he is slowing down so it really is the era of June Fardo right now um the, the only time I guess that uh, this will end is when um, we can find someone who can guard him or be more dominating than him or when uh, he gets old and gray and retires. So those are the two scenarios that um, might end his reign and uh, it's not likely to happen in the immediate future. But if you add more layers into this question, now it becomes more interesting. So let's say... Is he the best player of all time in terms of impact? Well, not. Big no. Because that um, distinction would go to, uh, I believe, Robert Tversky. Because uh, he has changed the dynamic of the fan base of the PBA. With his uh, never say die attitude that um, endeared Kinebra to a huge fan base that. Even those uh, fans that haven't seen uh, Sonny Jaworski play basketball are still Ginebra fans just because of that impact. So impact-wise, uh, you, you can say that Robert Jaworski is the best player of all time. In terms of versatility, in terms of being that uh, Swiss army knife, I should say, then that distinction goes to Ramon Fernandez. Uh, no question about it. Uh, he can play all positions in the court. It um, just so happened that they had to play center during his time because uh, there are no uh, so-called big guys during uh, his era. Um, at his height, he's already considered a center. Uh, there are no uh, players like uh, Mo Tautua who can lord over Fernandez back in the day. And despite that, he can dribble the ball. He can. Pass it to an open teammate. He can. Uh, he has this court, uh, uncanny court vision to always find the open man. And uh, if nothing goes uh, right with the other options, and that's the time he attacks. No wonder um, he is um, the only player who nearly averaged a triple or double for an entire season. Uh, he was just like uh, point zero something short in the assist department, but the points and the rebounds are clearly way above 10 so um that's um how dominating he was no wonder he was a four-time mvp and he won a lot of championship regardless of the team he was with be it uh, pure food san miguel be it toyota he is just a proven winner and then you can also throw into the mix best player of all time alvin patrimonio he's also a four-time mvp winner um he he has been the face of um the, the PBA ever since he entered in the late 80s and up until now actually um fans are still thrilled whenever they see uh captain lionheart uh at, at the games uh doing his manager duties for outside uh they still uh, would like to take photos with him so in terms of uh charisma i guess uh best player of all time is patrimonio um he has been that uh, spokesperson of the game for a long time, and he still uh, holds that role. He still uh, takes it by heart. And even though he's not playing, um, he's still uh, conscious that he is still uh, an icon amongst basketball fans. That um, fathers uh, tell stories about him to their kids. So kids that haven't seen him play also become fans of Alvin as well. So. He has been that great representative of the league, and he has represented it very well. Uh, not just uh, being a charismatic and marketable player, but also um, in uh, making uh, the league more relatable to people, um, giving it more exposure, uh, case in point, uh, Batang Alvin commercials in the 90s. So June Mar, in one way or another, yes, he is the best player of all time. In terms of dominance, yes. Uh, no one can just stop him um, solo You really have to uh, put two or three people uh, in him As evident in the series against uh, Magnolia Wherein uh, Rivas and Sangalang and Brondial and Calpa Scott are teaming up just to stop him So he's that uh, immovable force in the middle And down low for San Miguel And with no uh, immediate... Uh, End game with uh, his dominance, so he is the best in terms of dominance. But in terms of impact, we would have to go Robert Jaworski In terms of charisma and marketability, we'll go Alvin Patrimonio. And in terms of versatility, no doubt, best player would be Ramon Fernandez. So those four might be uh, what you can consider the pillars of the PBA from different generations that uh even though the pba goes into its like a 60th year already these are the four players that people still talk about constantly every day because of um the huge contributions they've had in the game and how they change uh philippine basketball per se and more importantly because they just endeared themselves to fans because of um the what they embody in determination fighting that fighting spirit and more importantly not giving up and ultimately um, be able to score championships victories and be the best in what they do regardless of opponent and regardless of circumstance Just in time for uh, the 40th anniversary of Barangay uh, Ginebra's uh, participation in the PBA, um, Justin Brownlee is uh, set to return to the fold in uh, the Commissioner's Cup when uh, they have to defend their title. And there's no qualms about it, uh, even though uh, he is one of the uh, shorter, if not the shortest, among uh, the lot of imports coming in uh, next conference. Um, I think that Ginebra will still be in good hands because uh, Justin Brownlee is uh, already a basketball lifer here in the Philippines. So think about the likes of Norman Black before or Bobby Parks and uh, Sean Chambers with Alaska in the 90s. So he already has that uh, cachet, that, um, that level of uh, being a legend as far as PBA basketball is concerned. So it's already there. And... He really likes playing in the Philippines. He feels like he's a Filipino by heart. So uh, he is energized whenever he sees the Ginebra crowd and hears them. And that's why um, he uh, is always pumped up and energized playing in front of a Philippine crowd. And uh, it just so happened that um, he's playing for the most popular uh, team in the PBA, if not in the Philippines. So uh, that adds to his uh, desire and enthusiasm to always do good every game. And also, in a basketball standpoint, uh, you couldn't get an import like uh, Rhodes, like Denzel Bowles, uh, and uh, the the tall, um, dominating import inside because um, that would um, mess up the dynamic that they have. Uh, they already have Greg Slaughter. They already have uh, Javid Aguilar, so at least they do have two big men that... Um, can uh, hopefully hold their ground against imports and uh, because uh, they already have uh, they're already settled in that rotation then they would need to beef off their uh, wingman p- rotation because uh, in the guard position they already have uh, Tenorio and uh, Scotty Thompson so that's settled also but when you come to uh, their wingmen, uh, you would have the likes of uh, Kevin Ferrer And uh, the likes of uh, Aljon Mariano. And uh, that spot there becomes dicey. So that's where Brownlee comes in. He fortifies that spot, that wingman spot. And uh, he also creates a lot of uh, matchup nightmares because of his quickness, of his agility, and of course his outside shooting. So if the, the big men, the big imports of the other teams can close out to him or... Uh, the locals assigned to him uh, cannot close out when he takes a shot then um, it's game over given uh, his uh, knockout uh, shooting from long range then it might be game over um, just uh, look at the uh, game winning shot he had against uh, Morocco to win the championship the Governor's Cup so no wonder he always uh, is brought back to Hinebra. Because not just because he's already known by fans and um, but because they need not adjust to him anymore because he knows Coach Tim Cohn's system uh, like the palm of his hand that uh, sometimes maybe Coach Cohn need not say any word and Brownlee would know what to do you know, that level of familiarity and trust between the two of them um, it's evident that that's why they won the championship last uh, last year and they ought to defend it so that's why uh, Brownlee keeps on coming back that's why they keep on uh, bringing him to uh, the Ginebra the Gin Kings and now that uh, he will play not just uh, the Commissioner's Cup but also the Governor's Cup as well that it would also uh, bring success uh, to the franchise uh, it would be uh a perfect timing, so to speak, if uh, they can win the Governors or the Commissioner's Cup, if not both, in the 40th year of the franchise. And uh, everything starts, uh, for that to happen, everything starts with their import. Yes, Undersize um, doesn't have uh, the big build as compared to uh, the other imports, but his... Uh, his determination and heart to play exceeds um, his physical stature and that's why uh, no matter uh, what happens no matter what uh, disadvantage or no matter what mismatch um, the other team could create with their bigger and taller imports they always have a fighting chance because they have JB Justin Brownlee again and again knocking shot after winning shot for Hinebra, and hopefully if everything goes well uh, they could win the championship not just the commissioner's cup but also the governor's cup